DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time now to talk about BYU and Utah State, the big game in Logan Saturday night, with Riley Nelson. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lisa and Hansen, get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Riley, you played for Utah State, then you transferred and played for BYU. Is this a game you just like to get over? Does this get a little awkward around the uh, the old family? Uh, no, uh, it actually has gotten more fun these recent years. It's gotten more competitive. Really, the last decade, as you look at it, and it's swung back and forth, and the games have been more competitive. Definitely more so than when I was a young kid growing up in Logan and we didn't. I, we only went down to Provo maybe once or twice. There wasn't really much of a point in the late '90s, early 2000s uh, to do that because you'd go watch your Aggies get whooped on and and uh, have your heart broken. And every once, you know, I think there were one or two games up in then Romney Stadium before it was Maverick Stadium that that were competitive, but. Uh, but still, you didn't have much hope as an Aggie fan. But now, no matter what side you're on, you can expect a, a hotly contested, highly competitive matchup. And I think tomorrow will be no different. So with that in mind, from the BYU perspective, I think we saw a different offense, even more different than any of the games that they had won before, including Tennessee and SC. So I'm expecting them, no matter, I think it's going to be Hall. No one has told me that as far as the quarterback. I'm not breaking any news here, but that's just my own opinion. It doesn't really matter to me who the quarterback is. I'm expecting the same type of offense, which puts them in a position to score. And I think it was a little bit of a surprise for us as we were watching it against Boise. But I don't think it would be a surprise tomorrow. In fact, I'd be disappointed if I didn't see it of the same level of consistency. How about you? Totally, PK. I get, you know, I've been asked that question. I can imagine how many times you've been asked it, and I've been asked it just as many. And I, I look back and I'm like, well, it's hard to say because if, you know, Jared Hall is playing in the same offense that came out against Boise and the creativity and the play card, setting up plays, the time, you know, the aggressiveness, the risk taking, and all those things, if Jared Hall's playing in that offense against South Florida, does does the production look the same? And, you know, let alone Zach Wilson. Now, the caveat with Zach Wilson, with the, with the exception of Toledo, you know, those first four games, it's, it's just a different athlete than, you know, these last ones have been, different caliber uh, of athletes. And um, But you, you, you still think if they had this kind of invented, inventiveness and, and were that, and were that um, aggressive as they were against Boise, what what would it have looked like under those two quarterbacks? And uh, now I do want to give Baylor Romney credit, and if if he does, if he is the guy coming out, he was decisive, he was on time, and he took advantage of of the opportunity that he had. W- one more thing about that offense, well, in general concept or or the approach to the offense, I I hope and expect to see the same. They are going to get, I believe, they'll see a different defense than they against Boise. Boise was, you know, playing three-axis corners. It allowed them to kind of have some easy completions, allow Baylor to get it, um, allow Baylor to get into a rhythm on um, on the outside and on the inside. They were playing really aggressive in the box. Once the only thing now kind of popped that run for a touchdown, that 40-plus yarder for a touchdown. The safeties were playing tighter, which allowed them, you know, Matt Bushman to sneak out on a couple of play acts because the safeties were biting so hard on the run, and that wasn't happening in previous games. I think Utah State is going to go back to what BYU saw in the first four games and quite honestly struggled with, where they're going to play some some tight, aggressive man, 
and then you know allow their linebacking core like Woodward, you know, head head up by David Woodward, who's a who's an incredibly good player and in the running for Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year to uh, be able to handle the run. Now, when they do play aggressive man on the outside or, or on those receivers, while BYU struggled to create separation and get open early in the season, they will have the size advantage against the Utah State DBs. Maybe not a quickness and speed advantage, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how BYU manages that. Do you think Utah State's going to be able to run the ball against BYU? Yeah, they've definitely had struggles with that, haven't they? You know, last week, Air Force is an anomaly. So as much as now the three and outs actually were happening, obviously happening against LSU, but there's another one because I don't think anybody thinks BYU's defense is on caliber with LSU's defense, so it's kind of hard to say, oh, we can do what they did to them. But if you go back three weeks and you look at the Colorado State game, uh, they had their struggles. You know, Jordan Jordan Love through multiple picks, and they, were, and they lost the time of possession battle significantly in, in that game too but I think in order for Utah State to survive they're going to need to do that that was the difference last well one of the many differences um, Utah State had different personnel with Darwin Thompson and Jalen Green and Ronquavia Tarver who are now all guys Jalen and Darwin are both on NFL rosters Jalen for the Rams Darwin for the Chiefs and Ronquavia and Tarver I think is hanging out on is, is hanging on in the practice squad but they had you know three NFL or fringe NFL talent guys um, down there in Provo, Utah State did down in Provo last year. But what allowed that to work was they came out and were averaging six yards a carry in the first half. And so you you take that basis or that foundation, you add onto it that they were going at a breakneck tempo last year, and the fact that they had two very talented wide receivers on the outside with some compliments. Um, but but it all started with that run game. If they hope to have similar success that they had in the Bell Edwards Stadium last year in 2018, this year in 2019, it, it's absolutely vital that they establish the run with Jamal Moore and Gerald Bryant. It is going to be hard though because those backs are, you know, they're, they're kind of small dudes. And BYU showed that they put more guys in the box. They committed more people. Um, against Boise, and I don't expect the defense from the way that they approach the run, just like I don't expect the offense approach to change, I don't expect the defense approach to change either, either, which is making life hard on people in that foundational aspect of the game, which is the run game. So you already mentioned Bushman, and that was going to be my next question. As far as him, was it a situation in the last game against Boise of the offense just being opportunistic, or was it specifically targeting him? I'd say it's 60-40. I'd say 60 was opportunistic just because they found themselves, you know, the fourth and the one on the fake, and then after the quick change, they had the double reverse flea flicker. But you got to realize he had seven catches, and those were only two of them. The other five were just within the uh, base offense, you know, getting to him in the quick and intermediate passing game. And just like I said, Utah State has to get the run game going with Warren and Bright. BYU also has to continue to establish it with, you know, hopefully the Supa's feeling better in his back, the Katoa Final and Supa, but in the pass game, probably no one's more important to get it going in the pass game than Matt Bushman. Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You think the... uh... The Cougars have a new kind of sense of uh, confidence off that Boise State win. Does that erase everything that came before it? Or the fact they've been outscored 42 to nothing in the last three fourth quarters, is that kind of looming out there as a deflating thing at the end of the game? And, 
you know, you're in wait and see mode. Yeah, I hope they, when you say erase everything before, I sure hope not, because I think um, it, be, sitting at two and four and back-to-back losses against Toledo and South Florida, which are programs that you, that everybody, well, they, you know, they play good football games, everybody thinks you should beat them. Right, going into those games, and he did it. He came out two and four, and I think that was a low point. So I don't think you were raising your full confidence. Now I think I, I would hope the approach is more of a continue to build confidence. There's still that, that uh, you know, I don't know if desperation for the right word, but there's still that intense motivation to want to come out and prove yourself. And, and they cannot, they cannot think that all is well, because first of all, the, the fact of the matter is they're only sitting at three and four, and um, and if they, and hopefully they realize that if they are feeling themselves and think that oh everything's better and we're we're on a roll and take it for granted, they, sh- they it would do them well to remember Utah State is sitting c- coming into this game exactly where they were sitting going into the Boise game, which is they suffer a, a loss that they feel like they shouldn't have lost on the road, pretty devastating. Where they, you know, it was pretty embarrassing. They did, granted it was in different fashion. Utah State, you know, gets just run over, 14 minutes time of possession, uh, 75% of their drives ended in three and outs. And Utah and BYU's was a little bit different in that they had a lead going, a lead going into the fourth quarter for the second straight game, and they let it slip away. So where, you know, they got, USU kind of got the stranglehold put on them. BYU let, you know, two straight wins slip away. And, what, and that enabled BYU to come into the Boise game and do the unexpected, which was beat a ranked Boise team on their home on their home field. Well, Utah State, I think, is in a very similar mental state where um, they they got to turn their season around. They they've already jeopardized their chances at a you know at a Mountain Division title and a Mountain West title. And I don't know how much you know the rivalry means to everyone, including the Aggies, in this. And to establish you know three straight wins, which is something basically in the modern era is, is unprecedented, and you know that would make three out of five and or sorry for that would make four out of six and just really be an unprecedented kind of place for the Aggies in the rivalry. They are going to come out. BYU is going to get their best shot. So I hope it's a, it's a quiet confidence and a confidence that's motivating rather than one that says, oh, we're good. We're back to where we thought we would be. And they come in maybe overlooking the Aggies a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think that word desperation is appropriate because you just felt it. If you felt something you can't really feel, either at the stadium last week, two weeks ago, or uh, on TV. And so I think the desperation aspect came from the coach's point of view, and it was transferred to the players. And so they know they shook up some stuff, and that's been documented, and they don't like to really talk about it, but nevertheless, it's true. And I think this week, and I want to see what you think about it, I think this game now – the coaches had the desperation two weeks ago that they transferred to the players. Now the players have to find a way to capture that, irrespective of the coaches. It's up to the players from the second they walk out or run out out of that stadium when it's time to get ready for the pregame warm-ups. They've got to feel the level of desperation. It has to come from the players this time. I agree. And um, part of the, one of the reasons why I think that is so vital is because now it's on the road. When you're when you're at home and you're kind of drawing that energy from the coaches, you're also drawing it. You're not in a hostile environment, which it will be tomorrow. So you're kind of drawing some positive energy for the fans. You know, as a player, you like to look up there and credit, you know, BYU's 
duty section, despite the nasty weather and the freezing cold and all that, it was it was fairly decent. I mean, it was better than I think most of us expected for a two and four team playing an eight thirty game in you know sub forty degree temperatures and when it's it's raining and nasty weather. So as a player, you can kind of feed off that. If you don't if you don't bring it as a player, you can kind of catch that fire because it's coming from ex- from external forces. Well, hey, you now walk into a hostile environment up in Maverick Stadium against a team that, you know, is backed into a corner and against fans who hate your guts, you cannot rely on an external force. And really the only person you got there are the coaches. So you cannot rely on the coaches to help light that fire for you. You have to bring it of your own accord if you have any choice. So I, I agree with you, PK. It's the players' turn, turn and, and the leadership on that team uh, to bring it this Saturday. Because if they don't, uh, it, you know, it's, it's probably not going to be enough. Well, you got to pick for us here at the end, or you're calling the game, and you really don't want any part of that. Yeah, I, you know, the Vegas line is at three and a half. Um, the the over under is at forty eight, which uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like it's a little low. I do feel like Utah State's going to do things to simplify stuff for Jordan Love. There, there's just too much pressure on that dude. Every third down, and and every time the camera goes on, and I know, you know, he probably doesn't watch the TV copies, but we all do. And, he mentioned how he's got you know, he's being projected high in the NFL draft all those things. And I can just I can kind of see it in his face. He's just carrying it. So I gotta imagine the coaches, you know, Gary is is sensitive to that and the other players on his staff are their players guys and so they're gonna do everything they can to reduce the pressure on Jordan Love who really I, we talked about the running backs earlier, but I think in that high tempo offense and as we saw last year, he's the guy that make that in, makes that engine go. So I gotta believe they're gonna change things up to relieve the pressure on him, and we're going to see a different performance out of Jordan Love than we've seen the last three weeks. Probably one, you know, more similar. If I'm BYU, I'm prepping my guys to see the Jordan Love from Wake Forest earlier this year, you know, who came out and picked up where he left off. Uh, so i got to expect that's going to happen from, from Utah State's side. I, I do believe, I think there was a, a transformational shift and BYU's attitude and approach and some of those, you know, PKs, the changes that were made that have not been publicly acknowledged, but we, we all know were made. I think those were good changes, and I think those are momentum-building changes. So I actually, you know, I like the three-and-a-half line. It, essentially, Vegas has it a pick game, right, because normally they get three points for the home field advantage. So, uh, you know, I think it's a pick game. I, I, don't, I don't have a score or something for you. I think it will be a – an extremely competitive game that's going to come down to the fourth quarter and who can make a play. And that's, when I say that, I know, you know, I see that recognizing that the last time BYU was able to deliver in that kind of a situation was against USC. And even there, it took a heroic effort to pick them off, you know, to, to, to tip a pick. And they were kind of holding on, and it was USC's mistake that swung the game over for them. And in recent history, They've, you know, they haven't performed well in the fourth quarter. So it's going to be an opportunity. We're going to see will BYU find new life, um, just like they did against Boise. But, but build on what they did against Boise and finish strong in the fourth quarter rather than let it slide. And will we see the old Jordan Love? If we do that, it's going to come down to one or two plays in the fourth quarter, in whichever way the ball bounces. Well, either way, down to Angie's for a post-game meal. That's what. I, that's my only advice. I'll leave all the football stuff to you. Two in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. No question. It's going to be a late game, but Angie's always open. I just cleaning the sink. That much dairy at two or three in the morning is probably a little bit too much. <laughs> stick with the good old hearty home cooked. There you, you know, go. All right. Thanks, Riley. We appreciate it. 
Yep. Thanks, you guys. Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst.